I've just come from uh, being with a family whose loved one just died. And I had the privilege this week of walking with this family. And, um, and I was, I'm surprised how I'm going to tie it into tonight's teaching. So let, we're, we're doing a, the book called More in the class. And chapter 5 deals with Pentecost when the Holy Spirit is given to the church. But what's interesting about this chapter and what he says in it is that the Spirit is given for a primary purpose. And the primary purpose is to be a witness, to bear witness to Jesus. So in just a couple of minutes, I'm going to come back to Linda's death. And I'm going to show you how the Spirit came upon a dying person. And in her dying, she bore witness to Jesus. But before that, let me just give you a couple quick slides from chapter 5. Slides 3, 4, and 5, please. So let me just give you a couple quick things to think about as we move to the idea of being Pentecostal witnesses. Here's the first, on page 130. Do you agree with this statement? We are more regularly interested in the inward feelings and phenomena associated with the Spirit's coming than the Spirit's focus to propel us outward to a godless, lightless world where 80,000 people die each day without Jesus. Do you understand that's why the Spirit is given to us? A primary reason is that we will be witnesses. How about the next slide, please? Oh, page 133. The Holy Spirit is not given for entertainment. The Spirit is given for empowerment in witness. Empowerment and witness. The next one. It's coming. Next one, David. Here's the divine economy. The Father sent the Son. The Father and the Son sent the Spirit. And the Spirit sends the church. Now look at this next sentence. This is a profound sentence. See if you like it or not. Those who will not go will never know the anointing of the Spirit or the heart of God. Those who claim to have been filled with the Spirit but do not overflow in witness are deceiving themselves. Do you think that's true or is that just really harsh? Well, let me take you now to some scripture passages. Would you open your Bibles if you have one? If not, there's some outside, I think. First, I'm looking at John chapter 14. And then we're going to go to a couple passages in Acts, which many of us know pretty well. But I'm going to take us a little different direction. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. I'm reading from the NIV. And in the text of the NIV, it says, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said to his disciples, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now let me stop there a second. How do you see or know the Holy Spirit's presence? Let me just ask the question. Would you just help, talk back to me? From that verse, how do you see and know the Holy Spirit's presence? Not a trick question. Okay, Vicki just nailed it. 
you see the Holy Spirit in people in whom the Holy Spirit lives. So my question to each of us is, if people interact with us, do they see the Spirit of Jesus in us? Are we being witnesses? See, the Spirit is not given to make us feel good. The Spirit is help us, Spirit within, to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Yes? His character, our character is like his character. But then the Spirit is given upon us that we bring the life of Christ in us wherever we go. So people see Jesus or don't in us. So the Spirit is given to us, empowers us to be witnesses. You follow me okay? So let me just stop for a second. So this is why we talk, we, around our church family, we talk so much about abiding in Christ, being, being intimately, deeply connected with Jesus, his life in us, his life lived in us, which is his life lived through us. And when the spirit comes upon, it's the life that's already here, it's just expressed. So I heard someone say, how about envy? So there's someone in, in your world who you, en- you are envious of. But if the spirit of Jesus is living in you, you don't say, I'm not going to envy anymore. You have become so like Jesus, you don't envy. If the spirit of Jesus is living in us, we don't get angry. I'm not going to be angry today. No. If the spirit of Jesus is living in us, we just naturally don't get angry. Hear what I'm saying? If the spirit of Jesus in you routinely, easily, normally, his life is expressed through us. Well, let's go on a little farther. Look what else he says about the Holy Spirit. The next verse, he says on verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So questions, how does Jesus come to you today? He comes to you through other spirit-filled Christians. He doesn't just, hey, Jesus, show up. He's showing up all over the place. Where two or three gather in his name, he's there. In someone in whom the spirit lives, the spirit of Jesus in him, in her. We see it. What do we see? We see love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and gentleness. We see it. And we experience it. Well, the passage goes a little farther. It says in verse 20, On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. There's the circle of love. We live in this dynamic, eternal relationship. And that life is lived through us. Verse 21, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and show myself to them. How does the love of Jesus come to you? Through your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the love of Jesus coming to us. That's the love of Jesus being expressed through us. We are witnesses. This is why the with God life is so critical. You are so embedded in Jesus. 
Abide in me, and if he said, and I abide in you, then, what does he say? You ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. Why? Because you know exactly what Jesus would ask for. Because his life is your life. You are filled with the Spirit and empowered with the Spirit to be like Jesus. Again, we want the Spirit within, absolutely, right? We want to have the character of Christ. We want to look like Jesus. But then the Spirit comes upon us for the purpose of representing Christ wherever he sends us. It goes farther. Verse 22. Then Judas, and that's Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. How? It is another spirit-filled Christian who loves you. And you and I, as spirit-filled Christians, love someone else. And people say, that's Jesus coming to me. You understand what I'm saying? We are so united with Jesus that his life is just lived out of us. It is not like I just have to. It's routinely, easily like Jesus. And so that's why we practice spiritual disciplines. That's why we do things like fasting and praying and memorization. It's not to earn God's salvation and favor. It's to have his life in us so that when he pours his spirit out on us, we easily are witnesses. So let me take you to the Acts passages, which we know, and go to those just kind of quickly though. Acts 2, or Acts chapter 1. Let's look at, what am I doing for time here? Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is a verse we know, many of us know quite well. Jesus is speaking before he leaves the earth. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now we often take that and write that it was about a persecuted church who went out and testified and talked about Jesus. Jesus died and rose and is heaven and all that good stuff, all the gospel. Yes, 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 yes. But if you read church history, you know how the, you know how the crazy stories, church history. You know where the primary evangelists in the first century? It was slave women who were prostitutes or worked as servants. As they get shipped around the Roman Empire... They would gather in small tenement houses and they would share their relationship with Jesus to each other. And people in the apartment complex would hear them talking and see them praying and see them casting out demons and see them caring for the sick and see them picking up little orphan girls who nobody wanted. And all of a sudden, these common people, these slave women, just live their life. They are so enmeshed in the life of Jesus that these became the primary witnesses that changed the Roman Empire. It wasn't the apostles, the male apostles. It was, yeah, God used all of them. But he used regular people who were so connected with Jesus. And he says, before he ascends, you will be my witnesses. And how did they become witnesses? Acts 1 verse 8, you'll be witnesses. Acts chapter 8 verse 1, persecution comes to the church. And the church is scattered. And what was the first city the persecuted church fled to? Pella. Did you know that? The first church, the first town the persecuted church fled to was across the lake to Pella. Common 
people were witnesses. And you will be witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will bear the fruit of the Spirit and you'll express the goodness of Jesus. And you can be a dying woman in a hospital bed. And the nurses come up to the pastor and say, what is she saying? It's a heavenly language. Really? She sees Jesus. Really? Really? Do you want to know about Jesus? The spirit upon. The spirit within. Well, how about Acts chapter 2? Now look at, look at Acts chapter 2 at the end. And notice how at the end, we, we, we know about, many of us have heard and talked about chapter 2, 1 through 14, and poor spirit poured out all this stuff. It's all great. But look at 2, 42 to 47. Now this is this I'm trying to point out. Look at the witnesses. They devoted themselves. This is all these people who have now, are now in Christ. They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. What did people experience there? They experienced the presence of Jesus. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, the dynamic life of Jesus expressed through the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold, they sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. And you remember what I told you some years ago? It wasn't they just like threw money willy-nilly out. There were all kinds of people, common people doing common things. They would buy common tools so people could work. They'd find things so people could make food. This common stuff they just shared. And just imagine, just imagine the city of, just imagine the big city with all these people. And you see these poor, poor slaves who are so enamored with Jesus and they have the spirit of Jesus upon them and they're just sharing their life with each other. And it says their number grew and grew and grew and they became witnesses and it wasn't because of thunderbolts. Oh, they were those, yep, absolutely. But it was more because the spirit lived in people and through people by the way they treated each other. And that's why Jesus said, the world will know you are Christians by your love. That's what it means to be empowered by the spirit. To live a life like Jesus. To easily, routinely, naturally. And that's what we're being called to as a community. And that's where we're heading. Just a couple more slides. I'm gonna, I have slide number, uh, I'm going to go to Steph. Slide six. Let me just go a couple real quick and then get the application here. So in the book, More, he argues, and I think suggests well, we clear the path for this more of the Holy Spirit by repenting, by obedience. Let me push into this obedience thing. Once we repent, we turn and change directions and say, Lord, I want to give my life to you. I want to live in relationship with you. Now listen to this. You don't need to go to seminary and get all kinds of degrees. Do what Jesus said. Period. That's it. 
Yes? What would happen if we, spirit-filled believers, just did what Jesus told us to do? If you have something against your brother or sister and you're at worship, leave your gift on the altar and go find your brother or sister and forgive and repent and start over. How many times should I forgive? Once, twice, seven times? Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. When we start to obey the words of the one who loves so deeply, his life starts to live out of us. And then what happens is we become united in the spirit and by the spirit. Think about this. If, we, if all of us here in this room, if, if this week all of us kept the Ten Commandments for one week, just imagine what would happen in our relationships with each other. God would be primary. There'd be no envy, no lust, no killing, no anger. How, how would we be together? There would be unity. See, in Acts chapter 1, Seven times in Acts, let me give you the phrase in English, they were all together in one accord. That was women and men, Jews and Gentile, rich and poor, all of them were in one accord. What preceded it? They obeyed the words of Jesus and they repented and turned and then what? And they prayed their buns off. They prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and what happened? The kingdom was expressed through the witnesses. Does this make sense? Next slide, please. So I want to just, I don't want to get legalistic, but I'm going to just talk about holiness for just a minute. The Holy Spirit will not anoint, indeed will avoid marked unholiness. Not that our confession or repentance makes us holy, which is set apart, set apart for Jesus, but it's an invitation and preparation for the Holy Spirit to come and conform us to the image of Jesus. That's why we want to be a holy people. Not because we're better than anybody. No, 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 no. We just want to be available that his life can be poured into us, that the Spirit is within us, forming us into the character of Christ so that when he pours out his Spirit upon us, wherever we go, we are witnesses. So students, at your schools... You are witnesses, or you're not. Those of the workforce, we are witnesses, or we are not. Do we want to be people who go expressing the goodness of God? One more slide, then I'm done. One more, please. It's okay. So prayer is the key to personal renewal and public revival. So let me just share with you some the journey I'm on right now. I'm going to try to encourage us, our staff, our prayer leaders have been calling us, inviting us through many ways to Tiffany, calling us to higher levels of commitment to intercession and prayer. So I'll then just share what I'm doing, so, and I'll give it to you as an example. Find, however you can be drawn into the heart of Jesus to be an intercessor, go, go for it. If it's walking in creation, if it's kneeling, if it's fasting, it's whatever... What I'm trying to do is be mindful of the presence of Jesus. I'm trying every minute of my day. Now, I'm not doing it, but I'm trying. So I've been counting. While I'm talking to you, I'm counting. I have said this now 17 times. What have I said internally? Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Why do I say it? 
I'm going to be mindful of the presence of Jesus. Even as I'm looking at you, you're looking at me, I'm saying, Lord Jesus, help me to focus on you now. Let me be open, open, open to whatever you have for me now. So I'm sitting in the back here as you were singing. I said, Lord, where should we go? And I felt the Lord say, talk about Linda. So here's a woman who is dying, who the Spirit has lived within, in her dying days is now upon And people who have no concept of Christian faith come to me and say, what language was that lady speaking? And I can say to them, it was the language of heaven. And she sees heaven. And she's going to heaven. But listen now, we don't want to go to heaven. Listen to me. We want to bring heaven to earth. When the kingdom lives in us, and the spirit is birthing life within, we are then given the spirit upon, and we can be witnesses. So Steph, can you take us?